It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you uh, for making us part of your day. Coming to you from my town that I grew up in here, northern Idaho, a little town called Pinehurst in the pro shop right now. We call this Pinehurst number one up here. Perhaps you've heard of Pinehurst number two. That's on the East Coast. Pinehurst number one is up here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Little nine holes. You got 18 different tees. I'll be playing it this afternoon in men's day, taking money off of some of the people that uh, I grew up with. I can't wait for that. This guy joining me over here on the right. Uh, It's been too long. He was part of our first couple shows here on the matchup earlier in the year. He's back. He's in Canada. He's dropped his kids off. He's primed. He's ready. And I also think he's ready for a Chargers Seahawks Super Bowl. Jeff Feinberg, how you doing, buddy? I, I am ready, uh, very much ready for any Super Bowl. I've, I guess I broke out my like training camp wardrobe also. Travis, it's July. I don't know. Time to get like my training camp clothes on. I got to dust off the old like uh, Marty Schottenheimer sun hat for the golf course because it's it's that time of year. It's a hot one and I burn easily. So, yeah, training camp, all my training camp gear starting to come out. I guess as you can see, I was feeling the vibes, uh, the vibes today. <laughs> it looks good. The, the baby blue. I love it. And, uh, you've got yourself a franchise quarterback and that's what it takes in the NFL. Yeah. You've got to get a franchise quarterback. Of course I live in Ponte Vedra, which is right next to Jacksonville. And, oh yeah, you know, Trevor Lawrence is in town and you know, it's, that's what it takes. People are excited and you know, you can't, you can, you can cover up a lot of issues, you know, in the NFL, and you can win a Super Bowl. We've seen it with that second-tier quarterback. But it's like it's like golf, right? Eventually, you've got to make some putts. You've got to get the approach game. And you get that franchise quarterback. And that's kind of – now you've got everybody, right? You can win major championships. Whoops, things like that. Hold on one second. My, my camera just fell. There we go. Now we're back. Um, you've got to get a franchise quarterback. Then you, you got it all, right? Now you've got the approach game. You've got putting. You've got short game. You've got everything you need to win major championships and hopefully eventually a Super Bowl, which uh, would your head explode if you want a Super Bowl, Jeff? I, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where it's like as much as I want them to win one so badly, <laughs> the smallest part of me is nervous. Like, so what happens after they win one? Like, is anything supposed to change? Well, like, so this quest is now complete. Because I've always just told myself I would be so satisfied with um, with one. But I imagine if you're lucky enough to get one and you have a really good quarterback, you just get greedy. And then if you're a Seahawks <laughs> fan, you resent the fact that you only have one at this point. I don't, I don't know through this well, window. Well, what was different with Seattle is that, well, first off, back to your first question. When you win one, it's the greatest hangover in the world. The next morning, you're just, you know, like, God, I feel terrible, but I don't care. And then you get back to the dance like we were able to. And you throw an interception on the one yard line and things. It's like it's like going birdie, birdie, triple bogey. You know, it's like what just happened? Someone punched me in the face on the way out of the stadiums and put me out of my misery. But anyway. It's not just going triple bogey, Travis. It's literally (laughs) like six putting from four feet, I think, to make triple. That's, that's like you true. didn't hit it off the T uh, OB. Yeah. Like you literally were putting for albatross. 
<laughs> it's like having Russell Henley at the Travelers when the tournament falls your way and you're going into 15 one back and you make a you, you play the last four one under and you get into a playoff and you go double double that's exactly what it's like anyway Henley's in the field this week John Deere classic and my god he's probably a favorite because it's slim pickings here at TPC uh Deer Run and the John Deere classic of course Always sits right before the Open Championship. A lot of guys over playing the Scottish Open. But this show is about the John Deere, and you're going to want to pay attention because there's a lot of money to be made here uh, with DraftKings. And we'll get right into it here. The, you know, the course, Jeff, quickly. We're looking at really very similar stuff to what we saw last week at the in Detroit. Uh, you got to go low here, although they didn't go as low last week as perhaps we thought they would. Uh, although on Sunday there was a lot of fireworks coming in, a lot of low numbers. But at the John Deere, I've played this course a few times. The rough is long, but these guys, they're going to hit a lot of fairways here. They're going to hit a lot of greens here. They're going to hit it close. They're going to get up and down more often. You've got to make birdies. Uh, what are some metrics you're looking at here um, as you break this down in this golf course historically kind of player we're looking for? I, I would say again, uh, Travis, well, the course is different than last week. Um, you know, approach play and putting. You look at the players that have absolutely dominated here, be it Zach Johnson, be it Steve Stricker, you know, fantastic approach players that can plot it out off the tee and they're able to get unconscious with the putter. So I believe you're going to have to look for solid approach play players. That's no different than any other week. But an emphasis for me who who kind of like last week, um, when looking at it, you know, normally I'm all about putt luck, uh, but you got to have an ability to have serious spike putting weeks, not just consistent putting, you know, through through your season, but but the ability to have spike putting weeks um, is more important here uh, than anywhere, and that's something I rarely, honestly, consider uh, yeah. when when trying to to map my way through a PGA Tour event. Yeah. Well, you know, you start thinking about guys like a Kyle Stanley, a Doug Gim, guys that are going to give it to you in the approach game, but can't hit their ass with a handful of rice when it comes to putting. And, and you know, can they have that big spike, that plus six or seven in putting? Because if they did, you, you know, they're going to be there late on Sunday because they're going to give it to you in the approach game. So let's see if we can project out here and, and give some people you know, some ideas here on guys we're looking at that are going to, we know can give them the ball striking. And it seems like a lot of wedges, nines, eights, seven irons for some into these greens. So there's certainly that proximity from call it a hundred to, you know, maybe 175 and there that you can start to splice out to see if, um, because they're going to be hitting a lot of shots. From there, you, you got to keep it in the fairway there, but it is pretty generous here. You know, most guys will keep it in front of them here in the short grass. I played this course the day after Michelle Wee played years ago when she got heat stroke up here in Moline. And um, it's just amazing. Like, I'm a decent player. And I went in there and I played this course and it was like minus 25 one or something. Just silly, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, minus 25. My God, right? I mean, they just make courses look so easy like this is an easy course for a professional golfer 
Um, but then you go and you play it and you start doing the math and you're like, it's not that easy. <laughs> you know, like this place, this rough is long, but they're just so dialed in. And when you, when you're hitting wedges and nines and eights and it's relatively soft and the greens are perfect bent grass, like they just go so low. I mean, they're just so dialed in with distance control. All right, let's start up top here. DraftKings, we're pulling it up. There's only, let's see, four in the above 10,000 range. Berger kicks it off. He's back. First time since the U.S. Open, who where he played very well in the top 10. He's at 11,100. Sunjai, or Sunjay M, 10,700. Harmon won here back in 2014, 10,400. And then there's last week's winner, Cameron Davis, 10,100 who padded that wallet right there of the man of Jeff Feinberg, who had him with the win ticket, another win for Feinberg. Of those four, do we just fade them all and go down somewhere else, or is there one that kind of sticks out to you? If I did have to make a pick here, well, I will probably end up fading them. I feel like instead of you know trying to go to that nice restaurant, but you know it's like a cut above, uh, I'd spend a bit more and buy Daniel Berger, uh, yeah. to be perfectly honest, Travis. He's got top 10s and 50% of his starts this year. He won a field that, you know, was almost the comparable mark for how bad a field can be up until a f- maybe the Palmetto at Pebble Beach this year. And now we're at an even lower rung field. So we know, you know, the um, the field strength won't stop him from trying to bring his best golf uh, here from every stat metric that I would consider important this week. He ranks uh, near the top and I could argue, you know, just comparing this week to last week, Travis, yeah, um, the price point on burger is exponentially more advantageous than Bryson compared to the guys behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the field behind Bryson last week was, was despite Bryson's struggle, there was more name value lined up behind Bryson. Then you go past Berger and, and M who's been so inconsistent and Brian yeah. Harmon are your next men up and Cam Davis. Like whether you're even talking, you know, from the betting number, like I, I, I'm not betting it, but I'm just saying, I think there's actually some value in comparing this to other weeks where fields are bad. And there's kind of one standout player here. I think there could be opportunities this week yep. for Dan Burke pains me to have to go right to the top when having this conversation, but that's who I would pick. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm tracking right there with you. It, you know, Cameron Davis, it's tough to follow up the big win, you know, coming in. Um, Sanjay's just so inconsistent. I just decided to just can him all together for me. Like I'll take my lumps when he shows up. Um, but he's burned me so many times. And you look at Berger that range of 150 to 175 that I talked about, he's certainly one of the best in the field when it comes to that. He's a class. Uh, you mentioned AT&T where he won in a less than desirable field. Here we are again. He was fifth here back in 2017. So I, I tend to agree up top there. I think Berger is the guy, although I won't be betting him and I'll be spending more time down in the 9,000. That's where I want to go next. I want to kind of get right into the meat of this, kicking off with Henley, who I talked about earlier, who's having a hard time, I think, down the stretch here when the heat is on. We saw it at the U.S. Open. Um, we saw it again, really, at the Travelers 
uh, played some really nice golf. And then I think, you know, there's those moments where the tournament hits the player and it's like, oh my gosh, I have a chance to win. And then you see a different kind of player. And Henley and Bubba, of course, went backwards uh, when both of those scenarios happened. But he's a guy that you got to look at here at 99 for sure. He fits the the profile um, in that approach game that we're looking for. Let's see. Henley, 99. There's Strillman, 97. Kevin Na, 95. Norin, 95. Let me just stop you there. Yeah. I, I'm going to be pivoting away. From, well, I should say Nah could be a really sneaky under the radar player when you yeah. consider his resume, his wins, and his ability to. I mean, if you really want, like, like he has an ability to catch fire, right? Yes. Like go to easy courses and just get on such a birdie train yep. and do that for two and a half days of a tournament, hold Ford on one day and give like a winning finish on, on Sunday. Um, and sort of the early stuff that I have seen this week, he's kind of being really under the radar. So from an yep. ownership perspective, that could be a guy to pay attention to. McGregor versus Poirier, three all set for UFC 264 and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 200 and 64 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier to win by first round knockout, and you win $264. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds on promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Travis when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code Travis to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, he hasn't been playing that great. Didn't play at the Rocket Mortgage. T-47 Travelers missed the cut at the U.S. Open, which is not shocking. 32nd at the Schwab. Um, but you're right. A guy that can get it going, right, and just unconscious. He starts walking it in from everywhere little cheesy smile gets under people's skin <laughs> you could you could see him doing it again here t8 back in 2016 as we just look at the top here of the 9000s um gosh i you know I, I i don't see any reason why henley can't continue his good play here you know and just start wearing the field out with that ball striking you know we just see him so good with the short to mid irons and having so many good looks. Henley's a guy at 99. He's played well here in the past. Strillman 
you know, Strillman's an interesting name here, I think, as well. And Norin showed some good form last week as I worked down here towards the, the bottom here in Aaron Wise at 92, Siwoo 91, and then perhaps the hottest player coming in in the 9,000s could be Seamus Power, who's been, i got to tell you, I've been looking at him, uh, Jeff, and just his overall game. This is a guy that is improving in a lot of assets of his game. His putting is getting better. His short game has gotten better. And more importantly than all of that, his approach game has gotten better. This dude all of a sudden is kind of rounding into a very nice player He's got four top 20s in his last four starts. Tell me why I wouldn't play Seamus Power here. I was all over him last week, but I think I'm going to be it again this week. Yeah, I mean, this range is too great. I mean, it's full of a lot of interesting options, and you piggyback them with maybe the two most consistent players, um, you know, in terms of Henley and um, and Power. And, yeah, Power got a lot of attention last week because he had that great course history, and people were – noticing the form leading into a course that he had success at last year. And now there's kind of like a spotlight on what you just mentioned. Like people, considering he was a, an alternate entry into last week, we're coming into an, uh, an early in the week in a week field. And it's people are really wrapping their heads around the fact four straight top 20s. So yep. it is all trending in the right direction there. Kevin Streelman, I'm not going to be touching him. <laughs> but maybe he's the guy that like, I just can't get over. There's like a mental block here for me. Yeah. Like I cannot hit some, I'm even having a hard time getting it out of my mouth. Uh, Travis, <laughs> I can't hit submit on Kevin Streelman at that number. I yeah. can't hit submit on Kevin Streelman at the number that like the outright boards want. Like I just can't wrap my head around yep. Kevin Streelman in that number. And I don't care. I get the field strength bumps them all up, even yep. Harmon at 10.1. But to me, like Harmon brings way more win equity than Streelman. Uh, so I'm looking right through Streelman. And that might be a guy that a lot of people who sort of think like me just don't like, they don't even want to look at that in their lineup at that, at yep. that price point. So maybe there is an opportunity, but I tell you, I'm all in on Alex Noren this week. I was yep. about him last week um, at, at the Rocket Mortgage, and he is once again just showing up with these birdie opportunity courses. Yep. He's racking them up, Travis. Uh, a guy that we know has a propensity to win on the European Tour, obviously still waiting for that breakthrough, but he is a grinder. He is a form player, and I am – I mean, the form is clearly there – uh, capable of of all the sorts of spike qualities that you do want in a player. So I'm all in on Norn at the 9300 this week, and and expecting everything from him. To you be honest, sounds like a, sounds like a win ticket is coming on Alex. Yes, Norton. yes, the win ticket has been made. It's already um, been made. Okay, so what'd you get it at? I got it at 33. It's kind okay. of been dropping, but I think it's still 30, 33. Maybe seen it as low as as 28. This is also one of those events where the field is so bad. I'm a fan of Alex Norin. So it's yeah. like, there's a player I like. I sense this, this week presents an opportunity. I am, I am going, I am going to back him. My partner in crime, Pat Mayo though, was all in on Siwoo Kim. Yeah. Sees well, this he is a, he is a perfect, despite being like a Siwoo Kim disciple in this field with this field strength, 
you know, this is a guy that's already won this year. I mean, outside of Berger, who in this field is carry? Well, I guess here Cam Davis bring it up too, but yeah. but um, you know, he has a, an ability to get absolutely un, unconscious, and at ninety one hundred, I believe it is on DraftKings, could be the absolute steal of the yeah. nine thousand or nine thousand and above range, all the way up to Berger. You know what's interesting with with Strillman, you look at this field and you start looking at the last 50 rounds, like Strillman's he's number one strokes hand par four. Amazing. He's very good in that range of 125 to, to 175. Uh, he's going to give himself a ton of good looks, but I'm with you 9,700. My goodness. Like it is hard. It is hard to hit the submit button on that. And you, you're, you're certainly, you know, knock and get hot. I, I think in this range, um, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, giving some people some things to think about. I mean, I, I am on Seamus Power. I see improvement across the board. I love when players are showing growth across multiple levels of their game, you know, rather than just that one little level going this way, you're seeing a player mature and be, and, and become more well-rounded like a Sam Burns like we saw years ago, who he's kind of evolved into who he is. He's got multiple strengths. So I think it's very enticing. I, I, I love power at 9,000. Um, yeah, I mean, Si Wu, I totally agree. You're, you're getting such good ball striking with Si Wu. Par 4 scoring, par 5 scoring, lots of birdies looks. He's one of the class in this in this field at 90. You can argue you're getting the second most win equity in this yeah. field with Si Wu Kim. Yeah, I think I'm kind of leaning in the bottom there. You know, Power, Kim, with a little bit of Norin, uh, certainly sprinkle in Strillman in a, in a few, um, in a few of my uh, in, in a few of my teams as well. All right, let's move down to eight thousand here. I'm gonna stop you quick. Well, let me get through the eights first. Let me let me give the uh, let me let me lay it out there here. Let me give you the top layer first. And then you can give me your top guy. Patton Kazire, 89. McNeely, 88. Speaking of AT&T, he was right there with Berger. Troy Merritt, unconscious. Pride of Boise State. The Broncos here in Idaho connecting all of the dots. Lucas Glover, 86. Hank Lebiota is on fire at 84. All right. Who's your boy up top? I am going to eat the 8,000 range chalk and you could argue it's a cocky move to, you know, jump over Troy Merritt potentially and some other guys, maybe even, uh, you know, in that high 8,000s, but I am all in on Pat Kazire this week, yeah. crushing to see how much I got to pay to do it in both DraftKings and, you know, from an outright perspective, you're always hoping for more when you're taking a player who, you know, feel like winning might be a huge ask, but that eight under uh, 64 on Sunday at the rocket mortgage. And he was scorching on Thursday at the rocket mortgage. I think he was like at seven and he made a triple. I don't know how you make a triple in Detroit, Travis. I don't yeah. even know if there was more than one triple in Detroit this week, but it was done by Patton Kazire. That is always possible. Um, but but an absolute spike putter. I think John Deere sets up perfectly for him. Seems like there are a few other people who have this thought because he's captain of the $8,000 range. And you know me, I'm all about outrights. I mean, you're lucky to pull a 50 
on Patton this week. So I could argue, or you could make the point, this is me just trying to be cocky and call a shot, but feels like, you know, for all the, you know, the muck muck that this field, you know, presents, I do feel like Patton could be on the precipice of something. There's been a lot of clean, well, a lot of clean golf surrounded by some horror. And we just got to do a little cleaning up and Patton's going to be there Sunday. Yeah. He's, um, you know, he's an interesting player, Patton, because he, like, there's so many, there's so much conversation with players where we, we make our case and then we're like, if he could just have a good putting week, right? Where Patton, it's like it's on the other end of the spectrum. Where he kind of gets er- erratic is off the tee. You know, his driver can can really leave him quickly. So, and he, but I agree. On the other side, his putting, he can fill it up. He's kind of showing that he can, he can go low. And when he shows up, you're looking at a third and a fourth, like he did there earlier in the year. And then he missed three straight cuts because his driver's all over the place. And then he, you know, he comes back. Good rocket mortgage in the top 25, but still his driver was all over the place. So if he could just keep it in front of him reasonably well, I think it's, I think it's certainly a good play. He's also, you know, when you just, he also fits the qualities in my opinion, that will lead to the winner this week. And, And maybe this is a simplistic way of looking at it, but he's done really well at like the birdie barrage events. Uh, I'm noticing he finished, Seventh at the Sony at a winning score of 21 under for Nah. Third at Byron Nelson, where KH Lee chopped up at uh, 24 under. Uh, third at the Charles Schwab, yep. you know, where Coke Rack won. So these events where we are seeing, like, you, you're you not going to get around, like, plotting. You have to fill the cup. He has yep. kind of been around in those events, sort of like Norin has, has for me. So yep. it's a quality – it's like a – it's maybe it's a very niche skill set, but you've got to be able to have like two ridiculous rounds to win this golf tournament. Yep. Like not good rounds, ridiculous rounds, in my opinion. Yep. Maverick McNeely is in there. I don't know if he does enough in the approach game for me. He's kind of opposite of Kazire. He's a good driver of the ball, um, good putter. His approach game is where probably his opportunity is. Can he do enough there? Um, I think you've kind of sold me on Kazire. I, I certainly, certainly looking at him at the 89, probably uh, perhaps a little too in love with what I'm seeing with power right now. Certainly like Kim, as we work down, Zach Johnson, we know, Zach Johnson, we know uh, can play this golf course, right? And it's a course at 7,200 that it, he's not going to get uh, chewed up by length. He might be but, the most popular outright pick I have seen from this little bubble on Twitter that I am in. Yeah. I'm seeing, I, I'm not going to be on Zach, but I've seen his name showing up on a lot of people uh, who I respect's cards this week. So I would anticipate that correlates to a very popularly owned $8,500 ZJ. Probably the best putter in the field right now coming in. Um, has been has been putting well. He's number one last fifty rounds in the field. Would you take Lebiota over Johnson? Recent play, Hanks showing some form. Hasn't quite got it done at the end, but seems to uh, last two weeks. Um, Lebiota's has found that hot putter plus five plus six. Can he keep it going here? Bent grass. He loves it. 
Yeah, uh, this seems like a very, I don't know if I'm going to be there maybe on DraftKings, but I am more tempted by the outright Yeah. Um, for, for Hank. I've seen it as high as 70 to one. And um, like just based on every, like a hot player playing well, he's been spiking with the putter. You know, his form is a lot on a form like metric. He shouldn't be 70 to one. So I think there could be some opportunities there um, because I started so high and will be so heavily invested with Kazire. It's sort of the guys at the bottom of this tier that could have my um, could have my roster spots. So Hank, Hank, I mean, just go ahead and win this and hop on the plane, head over to head over to the Open Championship. Why not? Let's keep it going. Ryan Moore, he's played well here. He certainly gives it to you in that range, one twenty-five to one seventy-five. He checks out. Uh, very well there. It's the putter that can hold him back at times. Doc Redman, um, again, we know we get the ball striking. Um, kind of let some people down perhaps last week. Munoz at 81. Then there's Gim at 8,000, Vegas at 8,000. I predict that I tweeted out a couple weeks ago with Gim. I was very happy to see him switch over um, to a different putting coach right on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I think we're going to start seeing some improvement with Gim with the flat stick. There's a ways to go there. Um, but when you look at it from a ball striking standpoint, Doug Gim can go. It's just whether or not he can get anywhere near the cup. And, and certainly he's going to have to make a lot of putts here if he wants to have a chance to win his first. But at the bottom there, Johnny Vegas, 8,000. I mean, dude gets it done. Par four, par five scoring average. In the field, you going back to Johnny V? Uh, he, listen, a guy who also whose name I've seen pop up quite a lot this week. He, I know the course comp isn't really there, but he has won some absolute birdie bonanza fests up in Canada a couple times here, yep. Travis. Um, At Abbey, yeah, yeah, no, he he's trending in in the right direction. But it's that eight, what eighty two hundred dollars on Doc Redman that has uh, my attention. You mentioned that he did burn a lot of people last week, and hey, Neiman burned a lot of people uh, at the Travelers. Yep. And I was just like, no, I'm going back. Maybe I was greedy and thinking the Travelers, you know, maybe uh, didn't se- obviously didn't set up for him maybe as well or as forgiving. But uh, Redmond, he's been really consistent with the putter. It is all about approach play. He profiles as a player who I really do like this week. He was hyper popular last week. Um, Now in a weaker field, uh, there's just as much of an opportunity, if not not more. I I cut these guys way more slack than maybe I should if I feel they've been playing well and they miss a cut. I don't know. This stuff's so random. One yeah. thing gets you off and, yeah, and it gets away it. from you. And you feel if guys are filling the cup and you're not like your head can start, yeah. start spinning. I, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know. I could never compare to where these guys are at mentally, but uh, you know, you just, the grind is the grind and you, sometimes you fall off the horse, but get back on. And I'm expecting a big bounce back from doc. Yeah. Especially when it's just like incremental across the game, right? Like it's so easy to lose a stroke here, lose a stroke there. You get a couple bad bounces and you miss a cut. But before that, the rocket mortgage, um, Hey, the approach game, I think it's been pretty solid. His putting, he's been on a decent run really, uh, for the better part 
of March, April, May, and June. Yeah, I, I like Doc Redman a lot um, here as well. I'm trying to pull back up here uh, real quick here in the 8,000s. Um, I mentioned Ryan Moore. He won back in 2016. That's what I was trying to think of. And Doc Redman, T37 here um, last year. Yeah, does that does that matter to you? How much do you look at that, Jeff? Do you go back and look at you know the last five years or so for players in playing a golf course where it's on this? It's playing a tournament where it's on the same course every time. Um, yeah, I mean there are a lot of things you can you can look at. I was actually reading up on that um, T thirty seven. I want to say in twenty nineteen. That's a good enough omen for me to like, you know, he made the cut. He played four rounds. He gained three and a half strokes on the bent grass greens that week. Yep. So based on where the approach is and a positive experience on the greens in four rounds, I could take that T37 and that's really all like that's what, more than enough for me. Yeah. And yep. his first run ever here on the course, um, you know, I in his rookie season. Um, so yeah, that's a good enough for me to certainly, um, think I could go back to the well. Yep. All right. I'll, in this group, I'll, um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with Lebiota at 84. I'll, I'll I'm going to get back on with, um, with, uh, with Lebiota. And yeah, I, I like the Kazire play too at 89 looking closer here. Those are probably the two with a little bit of Redmond. Yeah. And I just want to like pull back on something I said. I did say I, I could argue Lebiota is a better outright pick. I actually totally take that back. Um, he's just been too lights out and consistent to not think that he would be worth rostering, even if his ownership is high. Back to back top fives. He's been hot yes. with the putter. Um, you know, leads the field in strokes gained total over the past five events. So. And he's been a cut maker, right? Uh, yeah. Six straight cuts made. So completely take, yeah. I want to retract my statement. He seems like an incredibly safe um, DraftKings play, and especially at 8,400. Noted. Noted. I just made a check mark. We've <laughs> tracked it back outright and in. I mean, why not? I mean, dude gets it going on bent grass. I mean, he's played at Florida State. Bent grass is best. He's going to have very similar surfaces here. Just keep that train going. That's what these guys do, man. Confidence goes a long yeah. ways. And I am like, I'm sure people will look at it like there was a missed opportunity for Hank, and that's clear. But I'm always more like winning's hard. Like tasting winning is yeah. like, you know, yes, you could have your just run through it and win and catch lightning in a bottle. But you got to taste it. So if we're lucky enough to have Hank in the position this Sunday, well, you'll be that much more prepared to conquer it. Well, Not like all of them I, are going to be like Tony Finau and just well, not like, like I said with Seamus Power, Labiota, um, and I know Hank well because we have the same agent. So so I, I've got some insight with, um, with Labiota. And he's a guy that is – getting more comfortable obviously out there and his game like power is showing growth across the board. Like you're seeing him putt better. Now you're seeing his short game getting better. You're seeing his approach game improving. You're seeing his driving getting better. Like he's just getting more comfortable. Right. And every facet of his game um, is, is starting to trend. You look at his last five versus 
you know, the, the 10 before that strokes gain T to green, huge improvement. Um, yeah, the, the putter certainly on a heater, um, right now, but I like the growth across the board and you, you just get back on those bent grass greens again this week, very similar to Detroit. Just keep filling it up, Hank. Right. And he looks more comfortable at the travelers at the travelers. He looked a little, he got a little tight. I thought when he, when his name got up top there you could see it, then it went bogey bogey, you know, like I think he got a little tight. I think last week he he looked a little bit more comfortable. Let's see if he can get back in that situation again late on Sunday because that's the only way you can get better at it is you just keep putting yourself in that situation. And in a field like this, why not, yeah. right? You just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be right back in that situation um, once again. All right. And if you get it, if you play well this week, you get into a playoff this week, you're not going to have to – there's a – Probability you're not taking on Daniel Berger. You're going to have to beat Cameron Davis. You're going to have to beat Troy Merritt. You're going to yep. have to beat Kramer Hickok. Right. Uh, you know, so yeah. yeah. These are the type of events that, like, we're going to talk about these guys in that $7,000 range right now, Travis. These are the type of events those guys are, like, licking their chops at, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this field, this event, maybe they're playing great. Maybe they're just, you know, in the middle of the road. But, you know, just like a major championship is seen as a preeminent, I feel like I'm using that word a lot opportunity for players to get to a, a level. There's 140 guys who this tournament gets them to that feeling that a major would feel like for Xander next week. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I got to do is just say these last two names that one Dylan Fratelli and Michael Kim. Done. That's our, that's 81. <laughs> I don't even know what Michael Kim's outright odds are, but yeah, that also just throw anything you want at the John Deere. Like <laughs> right. you can't be smirch anyone's pick. It's a, it's a fire card. Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable. Cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Let's find our winner here in the 7,000. Stop me when you like a name. Charles Howell III. Kyle Stanley. Speaking of hitting a golf ball, my goodness. I, I, I think but he doesn't stop me. He says, keep going. Harold Varner, the third. You love I'll stop you there. Cause I never get him right ever, but I do believe his spike qualities. Yeah. Um, can lead to what can lead to what happens here. And you can make a case for a lot of guys in this range and finds things within their metrics, but Varner's the type of guy that that um, can run pretty even in like three of the four metrics and absolutely spike in one of them. And that's the type of week that I'm counting on. Although I had the nuts last week, like I had that leaderboard circled and, and Harold Varner cost me 
so much money on DraftKings when I looked at some of my lineups yeah. um, at the end of the week. So he has hurt. He has hurt my soul. And I didn't mean to throw any shade at Kyle Stanley. He's totally in yeah. play here. Like he could stick it to three feet for four straight days. Kyle Stanley is just one is just lightning in a bottle with the putter and look out because yeah, he gets dialed in. Speaking of the Northwest lives in Spokane, Washington. Anyway, moving on. Dylan Fratelli, you going back there back to back. No tournament last year. He was a champ back in 2019. I'll stop to say, um, Seems to play really good golf in Texas. He was a Longhorn. We saw him advance through his pod in Austin. Uh, he won this last year. I know people go to some of these other Texas events and like to make ties to Fertelli. So, so uh, yeah, why not? Uh, but I don't know. I'm I'm going to embarrass myself and not pick the defending champion, but for the <laughs> same price, roster a guy like Bo Hostler, uh, I think Travis, I'm with you. who. He's been playing so well. Uh, he's been playing so well. Team High Crown Visor, Lebiota Hostler. Well, I can tell you this, that Hostler changed putting coaches um, about a month ago, and it's paying off for him. And his uh, his putting has really improved last few weeks. Wasn't that always his great – like, that was always his absolute strength, was it not? Well, his he ability was – yeah, I mean, his whole game at Texas was good. I mean, like, you look at Hostler, it was Hostler 1, Scheffler 2, uh, Doug Gim 3. Um, I'm missing a name there at 4. Uh, a student of mine was 5, Taylor Funk, who I taught when uh, at the time. Hickok. But, was it Hickok was 4? I don't know, I'm just... No, 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 Hickok. No, no, Hickok was before that. Yeah, he was back in the speed days. So, um, Hostler was the class, I mean, at Texas, you know, and now they've turned pro and, you know, Scheffler has become the better pro to this point. Um, and Bo just hasn't gotten fully comfortable. Now you look at him the last three weeks, we're looking at three top 25 finishes, uh, beautiful golf swing. Uh, his putter though has been just, I think has let him down, but capable of the spike putting. Yeah, a change. I think you're starting to see some momentum here with Bo Hostler. I'm with you. I he was the first guy um, going down this list that that I've got circled. I like where he, I like how he's trending. Pat Perez, 77. There's Hickok, 77. God, talk about absolute heartbreak in getting um, two putts not to fall. Right? I mean. I mean, those putts should have fell. I mean, those were two perfect putts, and, and neither one of them uh, was able to go in. He could have easily had his first win there um, at the Travelers. And then you've got Stricker, 77. He knows it. Are you going to play Stricker? I mean, my goodness, at 77. I think he's going to have a – I mean, I got no interest in any sort of win markets for Stricker, but I think Stricker's going to play great this week. Yeah. And people are like, why isn't he – you know, there's a senior major. Well, I don't know. 25th place pays a hell of a lot more here than it does there. Um, and he always seems to play well here. And, you know, he just won a senior major and doesn't really care for maybe the senior open. Uh, an event that's been so important to him in his career has more <clears throat> priority. I 
will probably be one of the few, like I'm not so much here for Zach, but I could be very much here for Strecker at 77. I know they're like connected in some way. Cause they're both such, you know, um, you know, great career veterans and dominant John Deere players that I've sort of connected them in all my talkings this week. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think um, I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't play him. I mean, the guy's playing great golf. He's, there's a few guys on the, um, on the Ryder cup that, should follow his lead and just let their clubs do the talking um, instead of uh, instead of their mouth doing the talking. But yeah, I think Stricker's a play. You get down to Richie Rensky. Here, here's here's um, got him pulled up here. Urensky, who uh, 25 last week, the putters picked up here. He's getting back on bent grass greens, and uh, is uh, Richie Crickets at 76. Set track at 76. Mito, Mito. Uh, fun, but um, no. <clears throat> At 76. EVR, he's always popular, isn't he? 75. I think he's out. I want to say he's in, 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 in Scott. I'm not sure. I've seen his name on like both fields. EVR. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on on there, but uh. It's $7,500 Chez Reavy, who I think is sort of the perfect plotter for this course and will probably be forgotten after he really let people down last week. Yep. Um, so I think there's a sneaky opportunity for Chez here this week. Yeah, he certainly checks the boxes in those that 125 to 175 range. The guy, that's where he makes his hay. If he can get it into that number, He's one of the best in the field in the approach, uh, in the approach game. Certainly from those distances, we'll do enough off the tee. Just comes down to that damn putter for Reevy, like it does so many. There's Lewis, seventy-five. He popped last week. I was on him. Yeah, um, attempting again. To be yeah. honest, to go back there. Yeah, it is right. You know, you just you do the handicap last week, and the guys that hit for you. And now you come over here and there's so many similarities. You just, you know, you just throw them right back in. Right. And, and I think Lewis is one that certainly um, take, it, it deserves that look. I don't not JT post in 75. I'll probably pass um, this week. Stallings 74 Hubbard. I imagine he'll be kind of popular at 74. Yeah, He was in it deep last year. I want to say. I could be wrong. No, he was. Uh, Marcus Hubbard, as we uh, as we scroll down here. Oh, that's the wrong one. And let's see here. Yeah, Poston hasn't played hasn't played well here. No, Hubbard was. Um, it was back in 2015. He was T24. Wow. Stallings had a top 20 here um, last year. Back to your girl, your boy Harold Varner, real quick. He was sixth back in 2018, so he's he certainly has popped here. I am going to say another name that we've yet to mention in this price. God, a guy that has that. a guy that has popped here. Don't um, say Patrick Rogers. Well, I'm just going to mention <laughs> the fact that year Bryson won here. It was that Sunday morning. Everyone was making the jokes. I hope Patrick brought his passport. Is it looks like he's going to be the one lucky winner of the seat on the charter to the open. 
And he just made a total mess of all like the easy holes. I remember that day. That's what he does though. Um, and that, yeah, that I guess had to be a demoralizing day, but this is the place of, I would say, maybe I'm forgetting an event, but this is probably, that was probably the best opportunity in his career to win. Um, in some ways, maybe that can reignite some good memories. It's weird though. Cause it's not a course you would think would suit Patrick, Patrick Rogers, but guys can overpower it. I mean, we saw skinny Bryce and he was a different player when he won. So it's even unfair to compare him to what he would do here today, hypothetically. But um, it doesn't seem like guys with the Rogers skill set end up in that winner's circle. And you have to ask, Rick, as I said, the Bryson win because he was skinny Bryson. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I, I look at Patrick Rogers and it's like, I am, he's got such a beautiful golf swing, right? And then you look at him statistically and it's just like, how? <laughs> you know, like, how are you? at the bottom of strokes gain approach um, when it comes to having that kind of golf swing. And then his strength is his putter. He is a brilliant putter. He's a beautiful putter. Um, And yeah, you're right. I don't think, you know, he doesn't check the boxes from 125 to 175. Keith Mitchell's played decent here. Um, A couple years ago, he had a top 10, 74. Piercy, 7,300, Luke List, 73, not really the ballpark, I wouldn't think, for List. Norlander, he's back, folks. Henrik Norlander is back from the dead. Form player. He's a guy that fits this golf course, isn't he? Absolutely, and he's shown us in what we've seen of Henrik Norlander on our televisions um, in his career is when he gets in form, he usually keeps it for a couple of weeks, so – I'm all in 7,300 for my rosters. Yeah. I've been on Norlander. I I think I'll go back to him as well here. I like him. Garnett 73. Um, Matthew Naismith at uh, 72. You know, Naismith, you know, you could make the argument is probably top three ball striker in this field. I'm a big sucker for this guy. Uh, I don't know that I'm not, I'm going to be there, but yeah, I'm always impressed when he shows up on on my radar. So I had his putting coach on the podcast yesterday, um, Marcus Potter, and I said, "Can we just get like this? Can we just get Naismith to like <laughs> pick this train up a little bit with this club, right? <laughs> because he is man, he can go. I mean, he can strokes gain approach." in this field last 50 rounds number one i mean he can he can really go putter shows up watch out and he was a guy i mean it's a quality that i think you almost well you could sort of find anything to defend a guy you want to back or bet but i do believe like guys that had really great corn fairy runs deserve an extra check mark because everywhere they go is pretty much like 24 under winning courses yeah that's true yeah that's so they got point. it. They can't just like find their way around golf courses. They, they are like intrinsically like a, learn, you know, to succeed on that tour. You have got to pump the birdies. Yeah, you do. Well, and back to the PGA tour champions, you got to pump the birdies there too, for the most part, non-majors um, back to the stricker. Like he's used to having to go 67, 66, 
every single round. C.T. Pond could be a good spot for him um, at 72. Nick Taylor, 72. Chesson, 72. Haggy Pop, <laughs> there, uh, what, last week? Yeah, at, last uh, week. 72. There's Putnam, 71. Bo Hogue, 71. Ryan Armour could be interesting, couldn't he, at 71? Uh, yeah, I got nothing bad to say there. I was going to wait um, one more price one to more? Uh, give you a name. All right, let's go. Brian Stewart, 71. The HUD, 71. Swafford. Kadira. You're going to go there, aren't you, at 7,000? No. No. Keep going. Keep okay. going. Martin Laird, 7,000. Vaughn Taylor, 7,000. Tyler Duncan, 7,000. He's going to go to the putter, isn't he? Denny McCarthy, 7,000. No, but you, Denny. You're going all the way down to our boy, Jimmy Herman, the ball striker? I am going to Jimmy Herman. I think he's got back-to-back 25th places at 7,000. That's just the exact sort of sneaky form you need. Love it. 7,000. The guy's been um, playing very low pro quality golf. Um yeah, so I could see Jim Herman making good on that $7,000 price point. No problem with the way that he has been been playing. And per usual, I mean, the guy's got to pretty much probably finish like top five to ever get noticed. Um, so two very quiet, you know, T5, T25, T30s, exact type of $7,000 guy I need. Love it. Vaughn Taylor had, you know... Tied for six here in 2019. He's actually, Vaughn Taylor um, has played pretty good here um, historically. You know, you start looking at guys that need to make make the cut here um, down in this range. Nick Taylor's, I don't know why I'm being hung up there a little bit. Uh, T33, T34 for him the last two times here. Um, Tyler Duncan, T26, T12. So there's some... There's certainly some guys down here, you know, as I pull back up here, I failed to mention back in the 7,400 range, Scott Stalin, sneaky. He's got yeah. three top twenties here in the last four. Uh, I meant nice that. Sunday at the yep. rocket. Yep. Saw his name uh, flash. I think he finished uh, 11 under. I think I liked, I, I, I think I like Stallings. Um, I think I'm going to go back to Lewis. I think I am going to play some Reavy. I'm going to play some Stricker. Like those are some of the names that I'll probably be heavy on um, in the seven thousands, and I'm probably going to talk myself into Nick Taylor too um, at some point. All right, let's give these guys some value picks. Six thousands. We got. We're going to give them each two names. You go first. I'm going to start close to the top, Travis. I'm going to pay the 6900 for Rafa Cabrera Bayo, a guy I have bet 150 to 1 on the outright. Obviously, that's an enormous ask. Um and it's a motley crew down here. But we have seen Rafa finding some nice form, finding some nice rounds, um showing up very briefly near the top of leaderboards. We seen, you know, we saw him sort of a few, like a about a month ago become a first round warrior then we sort of saw him turn it into being like good for two rounds and maybe this week I can get three rounds and then <laughs> I take a ticket in a nice position to Sunday and cross my fingers 
and you know hope for you know a t15 t10 in DraftKings. but you know i look at all the names in this range and and uh, there's a ceiling there's a ceiling there um for me i you know we've seen some nice things so let like i said turn two good rounds into three good rounds and um progress and i think it could be a nice spot for rafa so I'll start it right there at, at 6,900 with a player I'm going to roster and I have bet to win. Very nice. Very nice. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to what the philosophy earlier and just continuing the vibes from last week. Going back to Shank at 6,800. Made the cut last week at Rocket Mortgage. Hit the ball very well. Um I think he does the same things tee to green and you can get me a little spike in putting, which he does, you know, he spiked that Byron. He spiked at RBC. Didn't putt terrible last week back on these bent grass greens. He's an Indiana kid. And, um, you know, I think he's got some ties to this area and I, I I'm going to go back to shank at 68, make the cut. In a top 25. Who you got your last one? Uh, last one. Jeez. It's sort of a cop out. But uh, I don't know. JJ Spawn, another guy that just seems to be a little form, right? He can disappear yeah. forever. Um, but when he's got it, he seems to hold it for just a little bit. So at 6,600, uh, JJ Spawn is a guy with my attention. And, and just I got to throw in one more name. I think Sam Ryder is going to be perpetually forgotten this that week. That was my guy. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, no, no, go ahead. Start. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say, yeah. So I got some happy. I said spawn. So it can lead in, into this. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a really sharp, sharp play uh, this week. Sneaky. So yeah. I, lay, lay I it totally on. agree. Totally agree. I, I think there's two guys here. I, I think that, that are on my list in 68 riders, one of them, um, T 18, T two. And then I think, you you know, Andrew Landry can be overlooked here. There's just some, some courses that Pete guys love. Landry loves his course and plays good here. He's got two top eights in the last three times he's played this. Um, I, I, I really like Landry and, and I like, and I like Ryder. um, in this and I'm a total sucker for Vincent Whaley. I think he's that I don't I don't think I'll play him here, but he's you know, this is his first time here at this event. He's a young player up and coming. It's probably not exactly his spot, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Whaley make the cut. I think he's a talented player um that is gonna figure this out and get into that winner circle here um within the next year. And this could be the kind of field that he needs to maybe to do that. So yeah, it's man, JJ spawn. What's he at? 6,600. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Haas finished tied for 10th last year. 60. <laughs> oh man. As we continue down Jonas Blix, don't sleep. Don't sleep. He catches. I mean, all I could say about Blix is I guess like sort of in a Danny Lee fashion, if you check a leaderboard and you're like, Whoa, he's like six under through eight holes. Yeah. Like, he has that in him, but it'll go away. Don't slip. Blix can flat out putt when he he's won twice. Yeah, it's like an eclipse. Oh my god, he is so Jonas used to when I ran the 
the, the academy at Sawgrass, he would, he was there all the time and he worked with one of our guys and, and you, you go out and watch that guy putt. It's the silliest thing you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's like, he's putting to a damn basketball hoop. That's just, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how good of a putter he was. Now he's coming back from injury. We're starting to see him round into form, but 6,200, I, he'll, he'll be in a, he'll be filling up in a, in a few spots uh, for me. And there's Michael Kim. We'll finish up with him. The champion back in 2018 is 6,100 in DraftKings. And that's a wrap. So many guys, my man, Feinberg, Jeff, I appreciate it. Um, congratulations last week. Just keep it going this week, man. All the, all the best, buddy. Big things. Open championship next week. Summer. Exciting times. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Let me know what clubs you're going to get, and I'll oh, help yes. you out. And, and I'm sending you some Vero X1 golf balls from Encore. Text me your address. Beautiful. Can't wait. All right, Jeff Feinberg. That's the matchup. We'll see you next week. Open championship. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.